Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine and sponsored by Steer. Broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined, Alan Four, who is Vice President, Public Affairs for Kinder Morgan, and the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. The show is going to talk about the benefits of natural gas, and we're also going to discuss solar and wind. But before we bring them on, I'd like to talk to you about our latest issue of Shell Magazine, in which our cover is Congressman Cloud. Now, you guys might remember Congressman Cloud. He's fairly new. He took over Congressman Farenthal's district uh, when Farenthal decided not to run, and Congressman Cloud has won that district. What is exciting and amazing about this interview with Congressman Cloud with him was the fact that he was, by and large, responsible for talking to the President of the United States, President Trump, on Air Force One and bringing home money for the Porta Corpus Christi. And uh, that was a really interesting story. So I encourage you to go to shellmag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G and read all about it. And now it's time to bring on the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's a beautiful day in Texas. It sure is. And we've had some of the best weather in a long time. Of course, it's getting hot. And, uh, you know, we know Texas weather well, and it starts getting hot, it's time to jump into the pool a whole lot. That's for sure. Well, let's jump into um, our favorite subject, of course, is oil prices. And we've had a terrible week. Uh, They were just cratering by 7% on Tuesday and then struggling to regain uh, some of of their losses this week. And I want to know, why is the market uh, so jittery again? Is it just all the uncertainty? And if so, where's the uncertainty coming from? Yeah, it's that. You know, I mean, we go, as we have for the last couple of weeks now, uh, go back to the trade war with China. Uh, China took moves early Monday morning to devalue its currency intentionally uh, in retaliation for President Trump's announcement last Friday that he was going to implement some new tariffs on more of their goods come September. Uh, They backed off of that by the end of the day. Uh, and they made moves to to uh, revalue the currency to some extent the next day. But on Tuesday, the other thing that the other big shoe to drop was that both the Energy Information Administration here in the United States and the International Energy Agency uh, that's run by the UN issued forecasts for crude oil demand for the rest of this year uh, that were slightly lower than they the ones they issued a month ago, and so they cut. Uh, I think the EIA cut 60,000 barrels a day out of its demand growth forecast, and the the International Energy Agency cut 70,000 barrels a day, Uh, which means demand is still going to grow for the year by over a million barrels per day, but it it was lower because the economy is slowing down globally, Uh, although not so much here in the United States. Uh, In the United States, we still have pretty strong economic growth, but mainly in China because of, of the tariffs. Uh, the, the U.S. tariffs are really 
slowing down the Chinese economy, and that's slowing down demand growth. So that, those were the main factors that really resulted in kind of a a, a big fall in the price by six six dollars uh, a barrel at one point. Um, and then, as you mentioned, the prices did rebound somewhat uh, across the rest of the week, but we were still down by five percent or more uh, for the whole week. So it's uh, yeah, it's a bad week for all prices, and that just puts more pressure on on companies trying to make a profit in this environment. Let's talk about Rystead Energy, who has a new report out this week, shows that Permian operators conducted a record number of hydraulic fracturing jobs during the month of June. But I thought that Permian Basin and West Texas, they, they were slowing down. What's happening? Yeah. Uh, well, it is slowing down out there. I mean, we, we have deactivated over 100 uh, drilling rigs this year, so the rig count's well down, and the number of wells being drilled is down. But you, you, we've had over the last several years this inventory of wells that companies have drilled, but they haven't uh, done their frack jobs and then and completed them and put them on production. Uh, they've been very slow to do that with a large number of wells, and so what happened in June is that in addition to wells that had been drilled that month, you know, that you had to frack and then, then complete and put online. Some of the companies went back and and did frack jobs on their existing backlog of wells that were part of that pre-existing inventory. And so you ended up with quite a few more frack jobs than anyone anticipated being uh, being conducted during June. And, uh, you know, I suspect uh, during the rest of the summer months, we'll see a similar trend during July, August, and September during the warm months before before winter comes and slows things down on, in that regard. It's, it's by the way, it, it, frack jobs are more economic to do in warm weather and cold weather. Uh, the weather does uh, impact the ability of the, you know, these big generators. Mm-hmm. It increases increases the cost of, of operating those. And, and so, you know, they, it is more economic to do frack jobs during warm months. Completely understand. What about, I understand you talked uh, to Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi on what's the progress going on at the port. There's a lot to talk about there. Tell me a little bit about what Sean had to say. Yeah, I was able to catch up with him on Tuesday this week. Uh, I, I try to talk to him periodically just to keep, keep my finger on what's happening. There's so much going oh, on. Oh, it's crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, he's a little bit frustrated because there's been all these reports in the media about how the, the ports along the Gulf Coast aren't prepared for what's coming once these pipelines bringing additional crude from the Permian Basin that are being built right now, when they're completed, there's going to be higher volumes of crude coming in, not just the Port of Corpus Christi, but Freeport, Port of Houston, and even the ports in Louisiana. And he, you know, he's kind of frustrated with that because <laughs> the Port of Corpus Christi is just they're ready. going. And, yeah. and they are really rapidly expanding capability to export additional crude. Uh, there are new docks being built. They're deepening and widening the, the main channel of the port. They're building out uh, a new loading facility on Harbor Island, which is uh, close to Port Aransas, and it's on the intracoastal waterway. Right. Uh, the Port of Corpus Christi recently announced a partnership with Phillips 66 to build an offshore loading terminal. Right. It's going to be ready by the end of uh, 2021. And, and so by early next year, all this additional capacity is going to be coming online right as these pipelines are going to be be completed. And so it's a really good story to tell. And, and I'm going to have a, 
uh, a piece on it uh, uh, as a result of that interview in our next issue of Shell Magazine. Excellent. Well, you know, I think it also goes back to just really great leadership. Sean is someone who is so seasoned, and between him and John LaRue, who had ran the port 20 years before of just really preparing for this one day that would come, it's here. And Sean is probably the very best person on the planet to be preparing and and having it ready. You know, I was just with him on Wednesday. We did a Women's Energy Network uh, luncheon out there. And, of course, he was out there and he spoke to uh, the ladies for a little bit. And, you know, he's just a dynamic person. And I, I can't speak for the rest of the ports, but what I will say is when I speak to him and I speak to his leadership underneath him, you can tell this is a very seasoned group of people that are not only very familiar with this, they're preparing, as, and, and there will not be any issues. Um, as I think that they have waited probably more than 25 years to, to arrive at this moment, so they're very prepared. Yeah. And, and actually, we're scheduled to have him on the show here in a couple of weeks to uh, talk about the, uh, the, the uh, arrangement between the Port of Corpus Christi and Philip 66 and just kind of get a little bit more information on what will be happening out there. There's a lot of discussion out there, a lot of uh, uh, the community not really understanding um, what's happening. And, you know, I feel I can understand the residents. You know, we both are from South Texas, that area. When you get a lot going on at one time, it really is kind of a scary thing at first. You you don't really know what will happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think these residents are are feeling a little bit of that... uh, uh, anxiety what's what's going to happen and uh but i think that the port is is very ready as as so is ingleside and um you know portland expansion and new 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 uh ports being put in at ingleside new piers loading piers and uh uh you know it's just it's just this beehive of activity down there and and trust me the port of corpus christi is going to be prepared and it's extraordinary leadership like you said that's making that happen well, and you know, just you've had Epic, and you have uh, Williams, and you have Moda, uh, Midstream, you have the Phillips 66, you have Exxon Mobil, uh, and you have the new dynamic steel mill going into Sitton, Texas. I mean, need I say more? And I've left off a whole slew of others. So <laughs> they yeah. are definitely blowing and going out there. And Corpus Christi is definitely going to be on the radar. And that port is going to be definitely the energy port uh, of the United States for sure. Well, David, that is all the time that we have. But when we return, we will be joined by Alan Four, who is Vice President, Public Affairs for Kinder Morgan. You're listening to And the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Oil-filled experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. 
The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C., and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. And now it's time to bring on our guest, Alan Four, who is the Vice President of Public Affairs for Kinder Morgan. Alan, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Great to be here. Thank you. Well, we're really excited to have Kinder Morgan on the show. Uh, It's the first time that we're interviewing such a great company. And what I hope to achieve today on our show is, you know, midstream pipeline companies, uh, natural gas, very important topics. A lot of information is not really understood. And I think, honestly, there's a lot of information that is not accurate that's out there. And uh, what I want to cover today is you guys had a ruling, which we'll get to later on in the show, that was uh, in your favor talking about the Hill Country, Texas Hill Country and pipelines. So before we get started with the actual uh, interview, I want to talk a little bit about you, Alan. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how uh, did you uh, come to work for Kinder Morgan? Sure. Um, Well, uh, Kinder Morgan, as you know, is and has been a growing company. And is been a major force in the development of critical energy infrastructure across the country. Uh, and I first started my work with Kinder Morgan uh, on a project called Rockies Express Pipeline. Uh, it was a 1,700-mile natural gas line, 42 inches, spanned over eight states. Uh, the Pretty Federal much. Energy Regulatory Commission, one of the co- commissioners, called it the king of pipeline. Wow. Um, and that was 10 years ago, uh, over 10 years ago, when that project was in its in development. And um, through that process, uh, the, the importance of infrastructure uh, and the importance of also the kind of work that I do and my team does on projects, which is communication uh, anywhere from landowners to elected officials to regulators, and making sure that each project that is developed is developed is explained with a purpose. What what is the what? Why are you building a pipeline? What I like to say is that every project needs to tell a story. And in the development of Rockies Express many years ago, and basically it went from Wyoming to Ohio, was to de- to transport Rockies natural gas east. Okay. Um, what that project also showed, and it's been in service for many years now, but what it also showed is the, the dynamic nature 
of our energy industry. So when that project was developed, it was transporting natural gas from west to east. Where? Literally right into the middle of the Marcellus Shale. Very. <laughs> which at that time was not at the maturity level as it is today. today. Right. But the value of energy infrastructure, now originally developed 1,700 miles, 42 inches, to go from Wyoming to Ohio, and drop-offs in between, of course, Chicago and other markets, is the infrastructure is there. So now Rockies Express is transporting natural gas from the Marcellus West. So the value of infrastructure, point being, is for the project that it is developed for, but it can also be uh, a project that can, for the longer term, adapt to the changing dynamics of natural gas transportation. This is really about natural gas. Kinder Morgan is a company that is a leader. About 40% of the natural gas consumed in the United States goes somewhere through one of our pipelines. Think about that. Right. That's a, it's that's, huge. That is an enormous amount of energy transportation. So in the natural gas world, that allows us with all of our pipelines across the United States, which really touch all of the major shale plays, uh, from the Marcellus and the Utica in the Northeast to the Bakken, uh, to, the, to the Colorado Rockies, to obviously many areas in Texas, Louisiana. Um, our plumbing, if you will, of our pipes can move gas from all parts of the country, which, which allows us to, to have a, a, a footprint and a versatility with that footprint to be a leader now and in the future in uh, operations, but also in development of new projects. Well, and I would think that most uh, individuals would prefer to have a Kinder Morgan, the, the, you know, one of the largest infrastructure companies uh, in North America that actually has a lot of pipeline, like you stated earlier. Um, when we look and see how much pipeline is underneath us already, and knowing that we have a company that has the experience, the regulatory information, and of course, to make sure that you guys are regulating these pipelines against leaks or, you know, any kind of potential disaster is very important to the public sector, I think. And so looking and seeing how much Kendra Morgan has uh, that ability to do that, to me, is a good thing. The other part of that, though, is, you know, when we look at what um, is happening right now, there's so much negative PR and publicity pertaining to pipelines. And not really, I don't think the general public really understands how much is beneath us to begin with. Um, and we just passed the Texas legislator uh, a bill that actually would make it now a felony to uh, harm pipelines. And I don't understand how you have to pass that bill when you uh, have people out there who think that damaging a pipeline with all of the pressure involved in it is, is something that would be uh, a benefit to them. I think it sounds very dangerous. And uh, so the reason why I really wanted to do the show was to talk about a ruling that Kendra Morgan just had in their favor. And like I said earlier, we're going to get to that in a minute. But to help the community understand that this is an absolutely necessary thing that we must have. It's already, it already exists. It's already there. And we want to recognize the companies that are doing it right. So, you know, Kinder Morgan is, is covering so much when we look at how much you guys operate, especially here in Texas. Texas, you guys have 26,000 miles of natural gas. You guys carry refined products as well. You have 15 terminals that handle liquid and bulk goods as well. 
And then you also employ over 4,970 jobs here in Texas alone. When we get back from break, I want to talk about specifically the Permian Highway Pipeline Project, what it is, and then, of course, the ruling. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C., and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Alan Four, Vice President of Public Affairs for Kinder Morgan. Alan, before the break, we really got into who is Kinder Morgan and uh, the company and how many employees does it have and what is its real core value to the United States and Texas. Uh, but I want to switch gears a little bit, drill down more into specifically a project that made national news that you guys um, are heading up, which is called the Permian Highway Pipeline Project. So specifically, what is this project? Tell me a little bit more about it. Sure. Uh, Permian Highway Pipeline, or PHP as it's commonly known, is a project that's designed to transport natural gas from West Texas to market, our delivery areas uh, around the Katy area. And the purpose of it is is to capture the prolific amount of natural gas that's being produced as a byproduct of crude production, and that today is flared away often because there's no place to capture it. There's a bottleneck. And getting that to market, which means homes and businesses in Texas, in the United States, and really around the world. It has an environmental benefit to Texas from the outset because we're capturing a precious natural resource that is flared away and in wasted. In, in Midland. And it has a benefit at, at end users, homes and businesses, both in the state, in the United States, and in Mexico because it's a cleaner burning uh, natural resource. And Mexico is, Mexico is working very hard. We transport 70% of the natural gas into Mexico. Uh, that Mexico uh, utilizes via pipelines. And as they modernize their power plants to uh, natural gas, that's cleaner air. That's a cleaner burning natural resource, and air doesn't stop at the border. So it's good for Texas and good for our, our southern states. So environmental benefits start to finish. And as companies are working to maintain Texas's energy dominance in the United States um, and to further develop critical infrastructure that's necessary to do that. You have to have pipelines. Uh, There's no other way to transport this energy. So companies like Kinder Morgan, who, as you mentioned, operate 26,000 miles of pipeline currently, are one of the leading operators and developing developers of infrastructure in the state. Um, When we look at projects, 
and customers who want to move product, we try to find a way to get it there. And we develop projects that can be commercially viable, that can meet and exceed the regulations at the state, federal, and local level, um, and be the least impactful possible. So let me ask you, what are um, the regulatory bodies that actually oversee uh, a project similar to this? Sure, significant. And uh, from the federal level, uh, you have the Army Corps of Engineers and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the two primary uh, federal agencies. A wide variety of state agencies are also involved. TCEQ is the primary uh, regulatory agency. You also have the Railroad Commission that has a role. Um, and even local level, you'll have uh, counties and local jurisdictions that govern the way we cross their roads, for example. Uh, so all of these permits need to be secured, and these regulatory approvals need to be secured prior to construction. And when Kinder Morgan develops projects, we need to have absolute certainty that our projects can be developed and operated that meet and exceed the regulations. Of course, you have oversight with USDOT once a pipeline is in service. So when you're designing the project and when you're looking at a potential route for the project, you take into consideration all of these factors. In addition, landowners, which are absolutely critical, and we have thousands and thousands of landowners that are part of our system now, and it's absolutely critical that landowner relationships start out well because you're going to be having those landowners as part of your system for many, many years, generations often. Um, so before we ever announce a project, we have made a determination internally that we can meet and exceed those standards. Find a route that's compatible, including in the Hill Country, where, I might add, we already operate pipelines and have for over 50 years, natural gas pipelines, right. as other companies have. So pipelines in the Hill Country is not a new concept. It's actually one that's been time-tested successfully over generations. And so you develop a route that's going to be meeting the criteria from a commercial perspective, which means you have to get from one point to another, lessening the overall impacts of a pipeline from an environmental and landowner perspective, and meeting and exceeding the regulatory approvals. And how do we know we can do this? Because we have done it successfully in the state of Texas for many, many years. Well, we're getting ready for a break, but when we return, Alan, I want to get on the topic of the benefits. Actually, let's drill down a little bit more into what is the statewide benefit and the local benefit, because I think when people understand the benefit to them as a community and as a state, they'll understand when we talk about towards uh, the end of the show, the ruling that came uh, in favor of Kinder Morgan, and it'll make more sense, but we are getting ready to take a break when we return. Uh, we will be joined back in studio by Alan Ford, Vice President of Kinder Morgan. And you are listening to And the Oil Patch Radio Show. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Alan Ford, Vice President of uh, Public Affairs for Kinder Morgan. And Alan, uh, before the break, we talked about the project. Um, that you guys have and better known as PHP. Now let's switch gears, talk a little bit about the local and statewide benefit to this project, uh, the pipeline project. Uh, what are the benefits to uh, our state? So uh, they are extensive and 
certainly this project is going to add to the, to the overall benefits to the state as our other project. Once you look at what the energy industry in the state is doing for state finances, for example, uh, $14 billion a year in combined revenues to the state of Texas um, that's funding public safety, that's funding uh, infrastructure, education, um, $38 million a day. Basically, comes out to thirty-eight million dollars a day. Thirty-eight million dollars a from day from the energy is- industry. Uh, that that taxpayers in Texas uh, have come to rely on to to fund necessary expenses in the state. Now, think about if you had a fourteen billion dollar hole in the state budget. Where would that come from? One of the reasons Texas continues not to have an income tax is partially because, in large part, because of the energy industry and the revenues that are consistent and growing for the state. As the state has growing population, has growing needs, and the energy industry is filling uh, those budgetary needs. This project, uh, once in service, will add another billion dollars a year uh, in revenues to state and local governments. Two billion dollars to leaseholders, uh, which is growing the, uh, the wealth of Texans. And so when you're, when you're looking at these projects, um, both individually and comprehensively, the financial magnitude is, uh, it's almost hard to comprehend. Um, and so you look at these big macro numbers, $14 billion, $38 million a day, but then let's look at the individual landowner. And I know this because we've been talking to landowners for months on this project, and we know that a lot of landowners um, are wanting to work with us on the project. And this isn't commonly known in a lot of the headlines and information, but the fact of the matter is, historically in Texas, we reach agreement with over 90% of the landowners on our project. Why do we do that? Because it's fair compensation, because we make routing adjustments, because we address individual landowner concerns. And I'm talking about down to each and every one of the over 1,000 tracts of land on this particular project. And I will tell you, that landowners tell us privately that this income that they're going to get from this negotiated value of their property for a pipeline easement is a life changer. It is putting a kid through college. It is um, their retirement. It is um, being able to have financial security that they didn't have before. So while while those who want to discredit uh, the industry um, and, and... talk about how property rights are at issue. They certainly are. And the, the, the resolution of issues with property acquisition is at the table like we're sitting at right now, where you make fair offers that can change people's lives. And that's, that's what we do. And I, I, I just want to spend a moment on this if I could, because the eminent domain issue was in the legislature this last year and came up in a variety of forms and continues to do so. Absolutely. And it's important for people to understand, if you were to to believe uh, some of the negative comments about taking land, the the fact is that that's not happening. The pipeline is going underneath. It's an underground pipeline that's buried underground. The land above the pipeline is restored. Still being used. By design, we locate pipelines in areas that are not used. We don't take down homes. We don't take down structures. They're not being used, and you can use but them. But even the land above can Above still be farmed, can be reused can... for farmland, for agriculture, for, for uh, pastures. The previous use can be maintained. But what we're doing 
is we're paying the landowner for the value of that easement, which often exceeds fair market value. So in effect, purchasing it, but allowing the landowner to maintain use of it. So, and there, and, and the process for doing this is extensive. Uh, that involves extensive negotiation, a very specific process, and a fair day ultimately in court if necessary for the landowner. So we ought to have a, a real discussion about these issues, and there are always ways to improve, but, but how do companies like Kinder Morgan get to over 90% mutually agreeable land it's, resolution? I would imagine it's by listening to the landowner Absolutely. and negotiating it. And it's also in our best interest to do so, because remember, the landowner uh, negotiation ends, but the landowner relationship then begins. Exactly. And that landowner is going to be part of our system for many years. Well, let me also, though, discuss the, you know, when we look at a pipeline project, and it is very important to have the landowner engaged and involved in supporting the project. It's going through their land. But there's also, you know, off of this project alone, a PHP project, there's over 2,500 local construction jobs, 18 full-time positions that will come after the project is completed. Revenue in the tune of $42 million um, to increase uh, the annual tax revenue for the state and local taxing bodies. Environmental benefit, we talked about that earlier in the show. We're not having to flare in Midland. We're actually capturing that natural gas and sending it to market where there are countries like Mexico that could really utilize it for the benefit of their citizens as well as, you know, like you said, we are not one, uh, we are not one country, we are a world and we have to look at the uh, flaring as a whole. And then there's, of course, the strengthening of the Texas infrastructure in the economy. And one thing that's really important is the Texas Rainy Day Fund. Because when we talk about uh, how does this revenue that is raised utilized for each person? Well, we do remember that when uh, you said, what do we do with a, a, a billion-dollar uh, donut hole? We're, how are we going to uh, you know, fill this? Well, that's when you start seeing teachers being laid off. You get hiring freezes in law enforcement, EMS, and fire. So it does affect us all. That energy continues to be prosperous here in the state of Texas. Now, when we return from break, I do want to get on this ruling, finally. And what was the ruling? Why was it ruled on? And specifically, how did it benefit Kinder Morgan and, more importantly, the citizens of Texas? But we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us. 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oilfield Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. 
The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us. 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oilfield Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, Call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest in studio today is Alan Four, Vice President of Public Affairs for Kinder Morgan. Alan, we've covered pipeline. Uh, what is the Permian uh, Highway Pipeline Project, the benefit to Texas, the jobs, uh, the impact in a positive and favorable way to the environment? And of course, let, I want to be sensitive to it was coming or the pipeline is going through the hill country, a beautiful, beautiful scenery. And uh, we you know, realize this is beneath the ground, so there isn't an impact in, in the scenic uh, view of it once the project is completed. However, um, there still seemed to be criticism that came on this project, even though it was a huge benefit to the state overall. First of all, tell me, what was uh, the problem uh, in the litigation that Kendra Morgan uh, was engaged in with this project? Um, And then, um, you know, the press release, the outcome that happened for Kendra Morgan. Uh, Tell me about uh, that ruling as well. Sure. And just quickly to address your first, but I think that is important. And Construction in the hill country for pipelines, whenever you look at at building a pipeline, you localize your construction. So what we're doing in the hill country is we've hired karst experts. Uh, We're basing our construction methods on the sensitivities both above ground and below ground to to accommodate any issues that may come up, ground-penetrating radar, avoiding the most sensitive areas. And you're exactly right. If you fly over this line as I have, you can see that we're avoiding, we're co-locating, where roads are, we are. So the most iconic areas of the hill country, we're nowhere near. We're not up on the hills, we're in the valleys. So we're avoiding all of that. So both above ground and below ground sensitivities. But to your point about the lawsuit, um, 
So the lawsuit was really about more than just PHP. Uh, it potentially could have impacted the entire industry uh, and the ability to cite pipelines, to build pipelines, to build critical infrastructure. And I think what the judge said very clearly in the case was that these decisions are best left to the legislature. And as you know, in the last session of the legislature that just concluded in May, they considered legislation regarding siting of pipelines and did not act on that legislation. So it's completely in their purview. Uh, it was before them, and they decided not to act. There is a history in place in Texas for siting and managing infrastructure. And it's been altered over the years by the legislature, and I suspect it will be in the future. But litigation is not the course for that being done. Uh, so it was really an attempt for a broader impact on the industry that wasn't satisfied by the people's representatives in Texas, in the Texas legislature. Uh, so these individuals and entities decided to pursue legal means. Having said that, um, Hayes County, the city of Kyle, the individual landowners that were part of the litigation, we're still working with those folks. We're meeting with those folks. We're having conversations with them. They're stakeholders on this project. Since the beginning uh, of the project um, and long after, our, we have an office in Kyle. We have an office in San Marcos. I mean, we're, we're part of the community, and our employees are there living and working in, in the Hill Country. And so regardless of the outcome of the lawsuit, which we think was an informed decision that the judge made, now it's time to get to work, continue to work, uh, to make the project uh, the best project in our system and certainly one that is compatible with the Hill Country. So that's where we are moving forward, um, and we look forward to, to doing what we have done in Texas, doing what we will do and have sure. done on this project and build and maintain critical infrastructure that is compatible with the local geography and topography and area, but also is providing an important service of delivering product, natural gas, to homes and businesses. Well, one of the ruling, um, not one of them, excuse me, the ruling talked about the intimate domain process, which sure. once again, Alan, uh, we've had it uh, for the past two sessions, a discussion and I know the legislators are grappling with what is the right thing to do that, you know, obviously the landowners feel that their, their voice was heard, but also the ability for infrastructure, you know, and oil and gas companies to be able to get their it rather crude, natural gas, whatever it is. Uh, the judge in Travis County uh, basically was saying that no single landowner um, can block critical infrastructure that is needed to heat and cool homes, schools, businesses, and public buildings here in Texas. Um, it's an important revenue for the local and state government for all of us. And so, to me, it was a good ruling because we all remember the uh, North Dakota sure. pipeline fiasco, if you will. And I don't see Texas uh, moving in that direction, or at least I would hope not, when there is so much on the line for our teachers and our law enforcement. So this ruling, to me, um, stood for a hopefully potential um, litigation that we, we do support infrastructure. It is the safest means to be able to transport uh, pipelines versus having trucks and, uh, and rail carts uh, or uh, any other way of transporting. It's an absolute necessity that we have pipelines. Uh, just quickly, how much pipeline is currently underneath Texas right now? 
oh, uh, hundreds of thousands of miles of pipeline. We have 26,000 of those. If you would look at a map of Texas, it's much like an, a road map. Um, but it's and that's what it is. It's underground infrastructure, much and as important as above ground infrastructure. So this is nothing new to Texas. We have plenty no. of it. This is just more of it to take advantage of what's happening out in the middle of Odessa area and taking it to market. Absolutely. Uh, and being able to, of course, uh, gain valuable resources for the state of Texas. Alan, I'd like to thank you for coming into studio today, being a guest. As always, we, we enjoyed this conversation with Kendra Morgan and yourself, and we hope that you will come back and give us an update on what's going on with that pipeline and any other pipelines that you want to talk about. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.